0: from doing that oh my gosh the abundance is so much more magnified because you're in alignment you're in alignment with yourself you're in alignment with your purpose you're in alignment with the universe and your desires you're not faking it till you make it welcome to the boundless self
1: a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves together we will explore the deep messy exciting and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. Welcome back, boundless selfers. Love that we're using this name now. Super excited to have you back here for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. How the hell are you? Now, before we go on to today's episode, I want to tell you a real, raw, vulnerable story about the day and the moment before I recorded this podcast. Today, we have on an absolutely incredible, special human being, guest, spiritual soul. Her name is Emma Mumford. Emma is the UK's leading law of attraction specialist. She's an award-winning life coach, three times best-selling author of her books, which are called Positively Wealthy, Hurt, Healing, Healed. And she's also a manifestation YouTuber, speaker, and she's the host of the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes called the Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. Emma has... The world's most incredible story about going from being the person who was left by an ex-partner in tons of debt to becoming the UK's coupon queen and then entering into her manifestation journey and becoming this manifestation specialist that she is and building such a hugely successful business and brand. She is incredible. Like, she has helped so many people in the last eight years to manifest, transform their life, to save money. And she has a really unique view on manifestation coming from her background of helping people literally save money by clipping coupons and now to my real raw relatable kind of story about this day of recording this podcast and i really want to share this with you i actually shared it with a client of mine and i shared briefly about it on my instagram stories and i had so much positive feedback about how helpful it was to see and and hear the real stories behind Getting the hell out of your comfort zone and really trying to create something like a podcast or like a business and the the challenges, the personal challenges, the mindset blocks, the emotions that can come up in that. So here goes nothing. Now, I want you to imagine and set the scene with me. On this day, I had pretty much the biggest day in my podcast history. Um, the day that I recorded this podcast episode with Emma, I was recording three massive podcast guests that I had been manifesting myself for a really long time. They were three people that I hugely, hugely admired and a big goal of mine as I started this podcast, but more recently in the last six months, has been to be courageous and take steps out and ask and connect with people that I've wanted to have on the podcast and actually have that brave conversation and say, hey, like, I really want you to be on my podcast and actually ask the question. And for me, it's been really scary because that thing of rejection comes up. And so it was was just a huge, massive day for me to have these three amazing people. And for some ironic reason, which now looking back, obviously, you know, we can look back and understand why it happened this way. But these three guests that I'd reached out to who all said yes, all booked on the exact same day. They all booked in their podcast sessions recording on the exact same day, and it was really surprising to me at the time. And of course, looking back, I understand now why this happened, because it kind of led me to, for lack of a better word, up-level and go through my own personal experience. So on this day, I had two amazing podcast interviews in the morning, and then I had a big gap, and I had Emma's podcast interview in the evening, because she's in the UK. And I kid you not, I had the... Greatest, you know, greatest morning of my life, greatest afternoon. And I kid you not, about 30 minutes before I hit record on this episode with Emma, I felt this wave of, I would call it probably failure hitting me. And it was this massive moment where I've just every single emotion that I think I had been avoiding on this day and previously leading up to it, I've been through a really a big amount of changes and big amount of personal stuff this year. I've been very brave and it's been very scary, if I'm honest. Um, but I think a bunch of the stuff that I'd been avoiding for a while, it all came to the surface. Thirty minutes before I was about to jump on with the amazing guest Emma, who hosts the number one spirituality podcast, who has interviewed Wim Hof, Gabby Bernstein, Young Pueblo, Mel Robbins, who's interviewed all these amazing people, and I was getting this chance to interview her. And thirty minutes beforehand. I could just feel this wave of failure, I don't feel good enough, who even am I? I was having a bloody identity crisis right before I was about to hit and get on and record this episode with the amazing Emma. And I literally kid you not, I started vacuuming, hoovering my house so that I could try and distract myself. I was like, you cannot lose it. You've only got, I was cutting down to about 20 minutes before the time of the call was. I was like, you can't lose it now. Like you can't break down. You have to push through. You have to keep going. Hoovering my house, tears starting to well up in my eyes. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I saw the state I was in. And I said, Kathleen, you can't do this. You don't have to hold it together. You can't turn away from these emotions. You just can't. You have, like, this is not working. You know, no amount of hoovering in the world is going to stop you from feeling this way right now. All the work that you've done has been about turning towards the parts of you that feel the most insecure and the most fearful. And so I had literally 17 minutes of one of the most emotional and important breakdowns, I would say, of my career. And it led me to such a breakthrough. I let it all out. I cried. I was in the mirror, you know, screaming at myself I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I failed myself. It was dark. You know, I was going deep into the tools that I know to let myself feel and experience some of these emotions. And I was terrified because I was recording this both audio and on video to upload on YouTube and I was like oh my god you know I'm gonna be a crying mess blah 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 what are the, what are people gonna think it's gonna be terrible I'm blowing it blah 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 and I just said to myself you know what just let it be okay let it be okay let yourself be human practice what you preach turn towards the part of you that is feeling that you aren't good enough right now Let it out. Let it be okay. Stop judging yourself for feeling this. And I tell you what, of course, as you know, as soon as I did this, there was a solid 15 minutes of having this breakdown. And as soon as I did that, everything started to clear. As soon as I removed the expectation, I think what was happening was I was building pressure upon myself throughout the day with having these really big you know, guests and interviews and amazing people that I got to connect with, literally living my dream out. There was pressure building for me throughout the day. And of course, we all know at some stage or another, the pressure is going to be too much and it's going to hit you. And it did. It hit me. It hit me really, really hard. And it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful to let myself go through that and to have that happen and to then get on this podcast interview and say to myself, hey, you don't need to be perfect on this podcast interview. You can be whoever you need to be. You can be messy and emotional. You can pull it all together. You can be professional. You can be anything. You just don't have to pretend. You don't have to pretend everything's perfect. You don't have to make this podcast interview perfect. Just go on and be you. Do your best, give it your best. But other than that, I'm so proud. It was a huge personal moment. And this interview with Emma was just one of the most amazing interviews ever. We get into so much of the nitty gritty behind manifesting and the myths behind manifesting. I am so grateful to Emma in this episode because she actually breaks down with with us what the main myths are. And we know that there's so much information out there about manifesting and it can be so confusing. And it also can sometimes feel very toxically positive and that you can be doing it wrong and that you can manifest bad things into your life, blah, blah, blah. And it was so refreshing to get Emma's point of view. It was just incredible. It's such a beautiful conversation. And it was a huge personal moment for me. It was a really big day for the podcast. And this is the amazing interview that I get to share with you. So here is the lesson here that it's so important to turn towards the parts of you that feel insecure, anxious, fearful, or afraid if you have a dream if you're out there trying to grow something trying to build something trying to get out your comfort zone like i am trying to be boundless just like i am please know that those moments of fear and insecurity are completely normal feeling insecure doubting yourself going who the fuck even am i that is part of the process of leaving your comfort zone and it's one of the the hardest it's one of the hardest parts of it but it is a part of it and it's okay The next time that this happens for you, which it will because, and I know it will happen again for me, the next time that this happens, I really encourage you to let it be okay. To let it be a part of the process, to even maybe celebrate the fact that you're having this breakdown because it's going to lead to such a breakthrough for you. If you can remove the judgment, if you can stop making yourself wrong, and if you can instead start supporting this part of you that feels insecure and talking to it and reparenting it, things are going to change for you. If you're looking to start this work and you have no idea how to start working with the insecure, fearful parts of you, and you have a really big dream or a big goal that you're moving towards, and you keep getting in your own way, please go ahead and join the free five-day inner child healing challenge. This will teach you how to reparent and connect with the part of you that is the most insecure, afraid, vulnerable, fearful, or anxious, the part of you that does not feel confident in who you are and the skills that you have this is going to teach you those skills. It's a beautiful five-day challenge where every day you'll receive a guided practice. It's less than 10 minutes every day to dedicate to it. And you'll have me in your ears guiding you to connect with your inner child and learn how to reparent this part of you an incredible challenge. It's been known to move grown men to tears. I've had that message many, many times. Um, and it's just a beautiful thing that you can do for yourself. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. But without further ado, I really want to welcome in this conversation with Emma. And get ready. Get ready. Put your Get your pens and paper out because she gives some serious, serious tips. And she really re-inspired really me to start manifesting again. Because if I'm honest, I definitely stopped putting effort into manifesting because it was frankly pissing me off in a lot of ways and I can see that a lot of it was rooted in scarcity and fear and it went almost against what I am what I preach and what I stand for which is processing and working through emotions and not judging yourself not judging your emotions as being good or bad and not judging parts of you as being good or bad but with Emma here she really connects the dots in this conversation about how to not bring toxic positivity into manifesting and how to make it part of your healing journey so let's go Welcome back everyone to another episode of the boundless self and today we are joined by the amazing emma mumford who is a manifestation coach and emma is here today lovingly to help us bust some damn myths about manifesting now i know that everyone that listens to this you've all tried manifesting at one stage or another. Maybe some of you have cracked it. Maybe some of you haven't. Maybe some of you have stuck with it. Maybe some of you have not. And I was just saying to Emma before we hit record that there's so much information out there about manifesting it could be so overwhelming and emma is gonna bust some damn myths for now, us Emma, i know on your podcast you always ask your guests to tell us when they spiritually awakened and what that journey was like would you like to answer that question
0: for us before we dive into busting some myths <laughs> so i can <laughs> Well, thank you for having me, first of all, Kathleen. I'm really excited to yeah, do some myth-busting. It's one of my favourite topics to talk about because, as you were saying, there's just so much information, so many tools, so many conflicting theories. But, you know, you can get your head in a spin, definitely. So I'm always here for my busting. But when did I spiritually awaken then? Well, I spiritually awakened back in 2016 after, again, a not very nice breakup. So there is a whole nother part to my story, which I wouldn't say is my spiritual awakening, but I would say it was my purpose awakening. Um. So at that point in 2016, I'd had kind of another big awakening of some sorts at 2012, um, where I found myself in debt. I'd broken up with the first not so great boyfriend. He'd left me in 7,000 pounds worth of his debt, but it was in my name, so I had to clear it. And I'd left my banking role. I was a banking manager at the time, Had to leave that because I had crippling anxiety. I was having panic attacks every day. And just being in debt and being around debt every day was just a recipe for absolute disaster. So I had to leave that job. I had to clear the debt. And that's how I found extreme couponing, which is the most bizarre random (laughs) thing ever. But I fell in love with it. And it was the perfect escapism for me at that time with my mental health and, you know, getting myself out of that financial jeopardy as well. So long story short, I fell in love with couponing. It changed my life. Um, After lots of pestering from my friends, they made me set up a Facebook page. It hugely took off. Within six months, I had like half a million followers in the UK. I was on This Morning, which is a big TV show here, presenting a money-saving slot. I was known as the coupon queen. So that's kind of like some backstory of how I, my platforms and how I kind of got to that place where Amen. I spent. Emma can you sorry to interrupt you can you tell us on this other side of the world what the heck is couponing
1: like I know what it is but I know not as it's just not a thing here you know but I know it's such a big deal both in the UK and in the States too so coupon queen what's couponing? (laughs)
0: um so it is big in the states you're right and at the time in 2012 it was huge in the states there's a tv show on tlc called extreme couponing which is again how it's so prolific in the us but at that stage it was unheard of in the uk it was very taboo we had some money saving experts but it was very taboo and kind of like oh you coupon sort of thing um at that in that point of time but i was like no this is an incredible tool this is not like you know cheap or whatever like this is an incredible money-saving tool that can help me get out of debt so essentially coupons are paper little like coupons with money off discounts that you can collect in like magazines newspapers you can also get them online brands also send out coupons um you might have like been walking through town and someone's like well here's a coupon to try our new product so there's lots of ways coupons do exist. Whether that's through supermarkets, whether that's through brands and companies, um, there's other aspects to couponing like cashback apps as well. So I don't know if you have those in Australia, mm-hmm. but um, basically when you purchase things, you get a percentage back um from your purchase through buying through that um through that cashback link. So there's lots of different ways you can money save and coupon, but yeah, it was like unheard of. So I kind of had to, I think there was like one person talking about it here in the UK at the time. So I had to, again, follow him, but also, you know, get creative and learn how to do this myself and, you know, really think, right, how can I find couponing? So yeah, by the time I saw that business in 2018, couponing still now is huge here in the UK. Um, and yeah, I believe that sounds to like myself, this other chap, and you know, a couple of other people that we've already been able to, you know, get couponing to be normal and be accepted and not be kind of like shameful, actually be like, mm-hmm. you know what? It's smart to be clever with your finances. Mm, like, you have the coolest story,
1: and I can't wait to hear the next portion as to how you found your way. So this was almost, your awakening part one. And then what was awakening part two?
0: The awakening part two was the spiritual awakening. Um, because I definitely was not spiritual beforehand. <laughs> um I was say I was atheist if anything just because with my depression with my anxiety I just kind of felt so helpless and it was it was kind of strange because I had this hugely successful business like hugely successful that I never even anticipated I never started that page for it to become a business I never knew it could I didn't know how to run a business I didn't know how to make money in couponing so again it was all absolutely winging it so for me it was kind of like from the outside people would probably think I was really happy and that I was like presenting on tv had this huge incredible business uh you know doing loads of amazing things but you know my relationship was not good and obviously the depression and anxiety had continued on throughout that period from the bank in 2012 so in 2016 was the breakdown of that second not great relationship and for me that was like rock bottom at that point I was in the lowest mental place I could be, I tried antidepressants, I tried therapy, I couldn't even leave the house, like it was bad and I think there was definitely moments where I was like I'm either going to have to take my life or I'm going to have to change my life because it was getting to a point where I couldn't I couldn't deal with it anymore, I couldn't just feel this way for years and years and years and years. So, I knew that I didn't want to take my life, but I also didn't know how to change my life. And I knew that there was happiness available. I saw genuinely happy people around me, but I didn't know how to feel that for myself. You know, I didn't have any self love. I hated myself at that point. I, you know, didn't have the tools and awareness or knowledge or vocabulary of any of the self help stuff that, you know, we do today. And once again, manifesting spirituality, self help was so taboo in the UK at that point you had your motivational speakers but most of them were business speakers but yeah manifestation was like oh she's a witch like it was definitely <laughs> like, ah, very taboo again like pudding. so I remember having this like epiphany moment where I was looking out the window of my flat at that time at 2am and I was just like god help me and that was really strange for me because I hadn't used that word in so many years and I thought it was almost like my ego was giving up and my soul was like, right, now now we're here to do the business that i like, come on. So a couple of days later, I started, um, I remember typing in on Google how to turn a negative situation into a positive and this woman popped up. I don't know how those words came into my head, but I was just like, how to turn a negative into a positive? And this woman popped up and little did I know it was Louise Hay. And she no. actually was talking about this like law of attraction and we create our reality. And I was like, hmm, I like caught this woman name. This- so then I found The Secret. Then I watched The Secret and read The Secret. And really from there, it was just like, again, like the couponing, it became this positive. I don't want to say like obsession, but this positive kind of thing yeah. that I could like put my energy into and within a few weeks I was hugely seeing shifts you know I wasn't like a millionaire in three weeks or anything like that but ultimately my mental health was the only thing I was focusing on at that time to just feel okay I wasn't worried about the materialistic stuff like I knew that would come in time but I was like I just need to be okay I just need to be happy and even in those three weeks I remember seeing huge huge shifts in my mental health and feeling for the first time positive and feeling like oh self-care self-love this is how you love yourself this is how you have a a good relationship with yourself so even in like the first month of finding manifesting you know I was manifesting things in the business I was manifesting most importantly things with my health and feeling good and and for me it was just like opening where I fell in love with it and was like oh my gosh I love this I need to do more of this so I obviously at the time had my money-saving platforms, but my YouTube has started to be a little bit more lifestyle, a bit of everything, so I felt more comfortable starting to say, like, here's my law of attraction story, here's the law of attraction books I'm reading, and I thought that people would be like, nah, I'm unsubscribing, like, she's lost it now, like, she's this coupon queen, I was just talking about manifesting money, like, what the heck? Um, But a lot of people, to my surprise, knew about the law of attraction, had worked with the law of attraction, were equally as excited to discover it at the same time as I was. So it really became this like amazing community where we could talk about money saving, but we could also manifest and talk about law of attraction. Then fast forward to 2018 uh, or 2017, actually, I decided that I the business, the money saving business was too big for me. It had got so big, it needed a team of people. And I felt like I'd all I'd evolved away from it as well. Not that I don't love money saving. I still coupon to this day. Give me a coupon and I'm happy. (laughs) Like I'm always hungry. hungry. But for me, I knew it needed a team of people to really grow it and to really like take it to those new heights. Um, and I knew that I wanted to help people in a different way as well through, yes, money saving and being mindful of money, but also manifesting money and manifesting feeling good in your life. So that's how the Spiritual Queen brand was born. Um, and then in 2018, I sold the couponing business and went full time with this, what you see today. Wow, your story is incredible it's got so many
1: twists and turns like it's a really incredible story going from like you know someone leaving you with seven thousand pounds worth of debt which first off my gosh and going through like you you seem to have a love of finding these taboo topics and kind of finding a love for them and making you know making them be okay releasing shame and healing that and I think that's incredible thank you for sharing that really vulnerably like it's it's a it's a big huge story and there's so much emotion like you told it so so amazingly but like if we actually think about what you went through in those moments those you know deep dark pits that you would have gotten to and to see you where you are today doing what you're doing and you know living out this passion of helping people feel better within themselves through manifesting it's flipping amazing and
0: I I hope that you remind yourself of that every damn day Thank you, Kathleen. But you know, and I mean, that be fully transparent. That was the beginning of the journey as well. Although a lot happened in those years. I look back the last decade, even since I've spiritually awakened and I'm like, Jesus, like I'm on like a roller coaster yeah, like universe. <laughs> Just give me a break. So, yeah. Yeah the start of a very in-depth healing journey and I think that's important to remember that we're always you know on that healing journey so to speak and obviously the tools and the methods that really you know busted that depression really got to the root of it. it came in like 2020 when for a lot of us a lot of inner work came up with the pandemic and being in lockdown so yeah that was yeah it's it's been a journey over that time for sure but definitely having the tools and having the awareness and working with manifestation has made it a lot easier yes absolutely and i love that you're acknowledging here that it is
1: still a continued journey like it's not like you know you hashtag spiritually awakened and everything was fine and you know life was peaceful and everything was sweet it's it's not what happens is it it's not the reality and although yes life has improved and gotten so much better and you've got all these tools but Life still throws us curveballs, doesn't it? All the time. And I think manifesting as a tool is pretty incredible. So let's dive into this myth-busting, because I feel like you're going to hit us with some, some facts, you know? There is so much out there about manifesting. What is something that you see as the biggest myth around it?
0: Ooh... I think I could probably do like a whole hour's presentation on the myth around it, but like okay. there's two key things that I'm like, yes, these are my two top that I would say the myth. The one is that it, it's hard work that you have to like be doing stuff every day. It's hard work. You need to like work for this. Like there's a very like, you need to be doing all the things, you need to be giving it all your energy. And whilst in some senses there is some truth to that, I also think there's a lot of BS with that, that actually manifesting is easy and less is more. And I feel like as I've gone through my manifesting journey over the years, I've overcomplicated it so much. And then actually I've stripped it back in the last few years. And I'm like, no, like, you know, your teachings, come on, i like, less is more. So I've stripped it totally back. And now manifesting is as easy as breathing because yes okay I've worked on my limiting beliefs blocks yes I've worked on alignment but even for anybody listening as well it doesn't have to be hard work it's us who make it hard work and we get in our own way a lot of the time so I think there's this whole notion of like you need to be doing all the things you need to be doing this method and this method and this method and it just gets you stuck in a honesty because a lot of the methods I do see which are great and they do work a lot of the time is that you know they're encouraging you to do it every single day but you can imagine if you're asking and asking and asking and asking with affirmations or the 369 method or the five times five method or the cup method or whatever it is and you're just asking and asking and asking the universe is like I always use this example imagine like a waitress or a waiter in a cafe and they come up and take your order and you're like oh I'll have a decaf coffee and they're like okay I'll have a decaf coffee okay I'll have a decaf coffee Okay, hey, you want me to go make it like the way to, it would be. I've heard you. Let me go make your damn coffee. So mm. for me, it's like asking because there are five steps in the law of attraction process, and what I believe and what and I and what I teach. And a lot of people get stuck in that cycle of asking in the first step because they feel like they have to be doing all the methods when all you're doing is annoying that waiter and the universe is like, if you just stop asking, I can bring it to your hand. So I think that's definitely a big myth that it has to be hard and people get really stuck in that asking step. Um, and also you're manifesting superpower as well that goes into that kind of like little section as well that a lot of people feel that because these methods work for so-and-so on YouTube or work for me or work for any you know anybody else you're watching or reading that it's going to work for you and I think that's a big myth because I have tortured myself sometimes visualizing being like but everybody says it works and everybody says it's so good but I find it so boring and it zaps it's all joy from me. I hate it. But you tell me to write down my goals and scripts and anything writing, and I'll do it for hours. I find it so much fun. It brings me so much joy. So, a lot of the time, we're actually using methods that aren't our manifesting superpower. And I have a whole video on how you can on my YouTube on how you can identify what your manifesting superpower is. But some people will be more audio. They love to listen to subliminals. They love to listen to voice notes of them talking about their desires. They like listening to meditations some people be more vocal they prefer speaking their desires into existence recording voice notes in their little like friend groups of like this is i'm going to manifest this um you know all kinds of voice activating manifestations um for me it's writing so scripting goals lists anything writing down i really really love Um, people can be visual manifestors as well so meditating visualization, anything like that. So it's really important that we draw upon our manifesting superpowers because then we're gonna be feeling joy. We're not gonna feel like it's a chore. When it becomes a chore, you're just blocking it, zapping it, and you give up because it's not fun. So manifesting should be fun is definitely another myth. Um the second myth, which I feel is equally as important to that myth, is that There's this kind of like, I don't want to say like toxic, but there's this really frustrating teaching out there, which got me time and time again until I realized it was absolute BS, is that um, if you think bad thoughts, bad things are going to happen. And oh, we got to Oh my God, we got to dive into this,
1: right? So this is actually a really hot topic that I'm very curious around. So I'm a mindset coach, but I do a lot of inner child work, working with feelings and emotions. And a really big part of the journey of that is, you know, no longer demonizing some of the feelings that we have, some of the, in quotations, negative feelings that we have. And I remember when I first found manifesting, I fell into that cycle of toxic positivity. And I thought, oh my God, if I think bad thoughts, that I'm going to manifest bad shit into my life. I have to be positive all the time. And you can imagine, Emma, I'm sure you went through it, the pressure of that especially in how in our world that we live in right so many crazy things happen in our world To the fact to be like actually no sorry you can't actually think any negative thoughts otherwise bad things are going to happen and it was awful and now I see it as such a means of it's like so damaging to the body and to what we store emotionally you know when we suppress all those emotions and so I think for me I've seen so much more success in terms of manifesting. And I'm curious for you when I've actually allowed myself to feel my feelings, feel the anxiety, the worry, the overwhelm, acknowledge that those parts of me exist and also still hold that really strong desire, you know? And I, I'm loving that analogy of the waiter, you know, being like, okay, yes, hold it. But you don't need to keep asking and saying, you know, where's my coffee? Where's my coffee? Where's my coffee? You know, but what was, what's your experience
0: like with that? Oh my gosh, exactly the same. And I always give this example because obviously like in the old school teachings, they're kind of like, you know, if you have a negative thought come up, reframe it, turn it into a positive. So I was having a really pesky thought that day. This happened like a real intrusive thought and it was going over and over and over in my head. And every time I was like, reframe it, reframe it, reframe it ever. And it was And I was going around the supermarket at the time and I was doing my weekly shop, and I was literally just like, like so frustrated that this thought just wouldn't go away. It was getting more and more and more and more intense. I was reframing it and I literally just thought I'm broken. There is something wrong with me. I am broken. When I got home, I was so mad that this had just been going on for so long that I just sat there and I was like, right, what do you want? What is wrong with you? And I just spoke to it. And then this childlike voice came through and said, I'm scared. And I was like, oh, right, what was that? Obviously, later I discovered Inner Child Book and understood the Inner Child and how it is our ego, our inner critic. And as soon as I acknowledged that thought, the power was gone, instantly went. And I wasn't thinking the thought anymore. (laughs) And I thought, huh. So actually by honoring our emotions, and by talking to it and learning to understand what's underneath it and why that thought's coming up, it doesn't come up anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what they teach. So obviously I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. And I get so many DMs, Kathleen, honestly, of people saying like, um, this really bad thing happened to me this week. I was in a car crash or whatever. And I'm really like, I manifested it to myself. And I was like, you don't manifest it to yourself. And I know a lot of law of assumption people um, don't agree with my thoughts on this and that's fine. We're all like able to believe different things. But I do not believe in my soul and in my body that a child chooses to have cancer. I do not believe that a child chooses or manifests to be abused. Children come in as pure vessels, pure energy. No karma at that point. They'll have life, they'll have soul contracts and sort of things that they're coming here to experience. Mm -hmm. But things that happen in our childhood especially we do not manifest that is something completely different and you know now looking back at my own life i'll use my own life as an example the things that happened to me in my childhood absolutely did then manifest as an adult the relationships that i was getting into because that was my frequency and vibration and that was my beliefs my trauma at that point so yes i can take accountability and say that yes those negative horrible relationships i was in was a manifestation of my mindset was a manifestation of the mental state that i was in at that time but i think one of the big myths with this is that the law of attraction is everything and it's not it's one of the seven energetic laws one there are six others six others like the law of polarity there are so many other energies and laws that contribute to our existence here on earth that the law of attraction is one of them so we have to look at the bigger picture here of maybe you didn't manifest it Maybe it was just meant to happen. Maybe it was random. We're never meant to know all the intricacies and all the, the how the universe works. Like that is not our job. We're here to learn the lessons we've come here to learn. We're here to, you know, be the author and creator of our life. And we do have choice too. You know, if something has happened and you're like, I don't want this to happen again, you have the awareness. you have the lesson at that point to be able to manifest a better future for yourself and not to be in that circumstance again so for me when I took ownership of my healing and I took ownership of my life and you know got into self-help and law of attraction and spirituality yeah I wasn't manifesting those relationships anymore because I was then you know working on my mindset and healing and changing those subconscious beliefs so I think it's just not as simple as what (laughs) some people say it is of like will you manifest yourself and I just think like god have those people who have said those things ever gone through anything awful in their life because to say to someone who's gone through something like awful to oh you manifest it to yourself is so careless and I just think it it causes so much trauma to that person to then blame and shame themselves. They're never gonna heal from being told that they manifested it to themselves. And I truly don't believe that everything in our life we manifest to ourselves. Like, yes, we create our reality, but there are certain things that are just predestined. There are certain things that we've come here to learn. And there'll be other things we don't even know about in the intricacies of the universe and in the laws of the universe everything right we don't know everything so I think it really frustrates me when people are like you must think positively and how unsustainable is that as well like you're allowed to have a bad day you're allowed to feel fun you're allowed to honor your emotions and like you said you know by honoring your emotions you've seen so much more abundance and I can hand on heart say exactly the same for me when I allow myself to have a crappy day when I allow myself to feel rubbish I move it's so much more quicker because I'm honoring myself. I'm not suppressing, I'm not avoiding. I'm honoring myself, which allows it to pass through so much quicker so that I can build that authentic vibration. I can build that authentic joy because I'm honoring all seasons of my life, I'm honoring all the emotions. And from doing that, oh my gosh, the abundance is so much more magnified because you're in alignment. You're at alignment with yourself. You're in alignment with your purpose. You're in alignment with the universe and your desires. You're not faking it till you make it. And you know, for anybody listening to this, it's like, oh God, like I've been faking it. Like there's no shame with that because you don't know what you don't know, right? And I was taught that tool too, until I got so frustrated in the supermarket that I learned about inner child work but yeah i definitely think that there is harmful teachings with it and i think all it does is keep people stuck it doesn't actually it doesn't actually bring peace to anybody sometimes i feel Mm, Emma,
1: I'm so grateful that you acknowledged all of that stuff because you are so right. Sometimes I have wanted to scream a big old fuck you to someone who's saying you manifested that or even the internal thought that I might have from, you know, absorbing everything in the the manifesting world. Sometimes that thought pops up going, oh my God, did you create that yourself? You know, something awful, even all the, you know, the horrible things that happen to people. I'm so glad that you acknowledge it. And it just... Piles on more internal shame and guilt, which it makes everything so much harder, right? Than it than it actually is. And Emma, you you hit a really cool point because I I often sometimes feel that healing and manifesting can sometimes feel like they butt heads, you know, um, in depending on different teachings. But the question I have, which was really juicy, there was, how much of our life do you think is predestined versus do we create?
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I am i wouldn't say I'm, like, the biggest expert on this topic. Because <laughs> probably, you know, just give us the percentage. Me. You know, just the exact percentage, please. <laughs> what are your I mean, thoughts, how long? Well, how long's a piece of string? But I've had some incredible people who have come on my podcast spoken about this. Rebecca Rosen was one of them. Um, and was it Angie... Oh, I can't remember. Marietz Allen, that was it. Marie Allen was the other person. And both of them had really interesting ways of looking at, because obviously I asked them the exact same question How much do we manifest? How much is predestined? What do you say to people who don't believe in soul contracts? Like, do soul contracts exist? and you know they were definitely singing off the same hymn sheet and i know that i definitely resonate with soul contracts i definitely resonate with choosing the environments and like our parents and coming in with certain environments to be able to learn certain things for sure you know we can see that if we look at our astrology our numerology our human design you can kind of see those lessons in there as well um but yeah what they said is that there are different facets so you know, now, you're really testing my memory for remembering what they've both said. But essentially, you have your like solid predestined, like, you know, for instance, like Emma, you were always going to find couponing and create these platforms to be able to spiritually awaken and have a spiritual business. Like, that is probably like a concrete set thing. There may be some fluidity in that, that maybe I could have put it off for a couple of years and maybe I learned it a little bit older. We do have those options to put soul lessons off if our soul chooses that. So, obviously I think there's flexibility in timings but they're kind of like those concrete things that are like always going to happen like for instance if you're meant to meet your you know soulmate or partner at a certain age or you know at a certain point in your life like those are those kind of like concrete things then we have I can't remember the exact term they used but this kind of like middle ground where you have things that are more fluid so again that you know you can kind of choose if you take that lesson or not and this is why you know when people go to psychics and there are certain things that they see and they like maybe 90% of the reading was so accurate but there was like 10% where you were like oh that didn't happen and that's where that kind of like almost free will but not it's almost like they can happen but you can kind of choose them not to happen as well and then you have the third which is free will so again we do live in a world of free will we can choose with our decisions and I know that definitely there's been moments of free will in my life which I've just known of like I know I'm choosing a different path and that feels really good to me and I feel like there was multiple options and multiple paths in that decision that I could have gone down either path maybe not maybe I you know I couldn't have gone down every path but I feel like I could have gone down either path Um. so yeah we also have free will as well so I feel like it's a real big mix because I think when you get into the discussion free will versus manifestation versus destiny it's people are like well what's the point of manifesting then if like things are predestined and the universe is orchestrating everything like what's the point but the whole point is free will and the whole point is you know if you really want to manifest writing a book for example there's probably a high chance that your soul knows you were going to write that book and you're just bringing that into your reality, you're using the law of attraction to bring that experience into your life. So, um, you know, even when we manifest a partner or a relationship, for example, maybe you would have met them anyway. But I always think and I always say that actually being the creator of your life brings that free will into those creative manifestations so instead of just you know like manifesting without even knowing about it you can be specific you can make it a fun process and you almost like speed up the process sometimes as well by being able to move down that manifestation um you know process with your desires so i think it's a i don't think anybody knows the definitive answer to it i do i definitely don't think i do Um, But I really liked what those two people shared, because I feel like that definitely resonates with me. And I feel like that explains a lot in my own life as well. But again, I just don't think we're meant to know everything in this lifetime. So manifestation exists, exists, we know it works. And I think, well, why would you not want to be the creator of your life when you have this beautiful free will as well? Mm, totally. And I love
1: what you said there about that moment where you felt like you were really making a choice, you know, like you were in that moment of free will. I've had them, you know, I've had those repeated moments where, you know, you can really feel like, okay, I really could take path A or path B this is my choice as to which way I step forward and I think it's really important to see those moments to reinforce that belief that you are the creator of a lot of your life you know you do have a lot of free will as well as some of like I love that you're acknowledging that both of these truths can kind of exist at the same time and hell yes like I was listening to one of your episodes with an amazing astrologist coming in and talking about relationships and things like that too we do See some of that stuff there, and even in there, there's you know micro moments of choice and things like that too. Um, that's amazing. So I love that we've talked about these myths around manifesting. And first of all, I'm going to recap that. So it was, don't make it so hard. It's a lot simpler. Don't get stuck asking. An analogy of the waiter. I'm going to remember that actually really clearly because I, every time I go talk to the universe, I'll be like, hang on, you've already asked. All right, just give them a chance to actually go and make it. You know, that's really beautiful. Um, and yeah, this this energy of free will. So now that we've talked about the myths, what are the areas that you see people get
0: really stuck in and how can they overcome that? I think the biggest blocks that I see is people start, in the step of believe um so you get people who are stuck in that first step of ask which is quite a big I would say more of a myth like you say that's why we went through it in the myth section but the biggest blocks I see are in the belief section or the believe step because essentially not a lot of people know about the inner work when it comes to manifesting again not a big thing that was spoken about in the beginning like when I first came across it now obviously I've written a book on it there's quite a few books on like the inner work and manifestation so I feel like it's more being spoken about now um more so now than ever but essentially if we're not working on that internal world and that is what the belief step is so the second step of belief is yes believing you're worthy and deserving of it and yes the universe can serve it but it's also looking at what stands in between you and your desire so it's looking at that energetic resistance and you'll find like when you set your desires or you ask the universe for something you might then find the ego the inner critic and a child pipes up and says well who are you to do that why would you get that you know we all know the stories that happen right internally so this is that second belief step so i see people who are trying to like force through step three of trust force through step four letting go and i'm like We need to go back to step two. Like, we need to look at this limiting belief, fear, or block that is, you know, if we were manifesting money, for example, that person might have a not so great relationship with money. They might believe that they're not worthy of having money. So you can imagine if you're asking the universe for this desire and then instantly it's like, but I'm not worthy of it. The universe is like, oh, okay yes so we have to remember the universe is always saying yes to us so if you're going universe i want to manifest a thousand pounds today the universe is going yes and then if you're like but actually is that really possible yes so it you're kind of like counteracting your, your manifestation straight away with the beliefs with the subconscious now the subconscious rules 95 percent of our mind our energy and our conscious mind is five percent which is wild when you think- so like even if even if we're saying you know oh i want to manifest a thousand pounds today and there's all the stuff below the
1: surface that 95 percent. i really just want to hit that hard again that you said the universe is always saying yes to you and it's saying yes to what Ever the heck you're putting out there whether you can consciously be aware of it or whether it's stored within your unconscious the universe is always saying yes i really love that i'm i want to ask why why is the universe always saying yes but that's a story and a topic for another day so this place that we get stuck so this place that we get stuck in terms of belief you've mentioned diving into the inner work you've mentioned in a child and a critic ego i'm really curious about your journey And where you got stuck.
0: Did you even get stuck in this phase? What was that like? Oh my gosh, hugely. Because it just is not, it was not spoken about. So I was obviously, you know, thinking I really want to manifest this relationship in my life. I really want to manifest this. And I was manifesting money like there was no tomorrow. I was manifesting career success. All these wonderful things. But love life, crickets. Honestly, crickets. And I was like, what is happening? How can I be so good at manifesting other things? Yeah, this just not happening and you know that's when the inner work came up of did I love myself did I actually have a good relationship with myself had I healed the pain and the past with the exes and stuff like that and obviously it goes back to childhood as well so we're all we're all carrying around limiting beliefs fears trauma blocks all of it to different varying degrees obviously some people might have a whole few decades to unpacking that backpack some people might not so i think a lot of the time in a work can feel quite like oh it'll work it, it, it sounds a bit scary right it sounds a bit like oh my god do i want to dive into that and i totally understand that because i was that person as well but ultimately from taking off that backpack and being able to lovingly see what the block is and then release it creates so much freedom for you you feel lighter you feel more in alignment The desire is able to come to you because you're now aligning with the version of yourself who has that relationship, who has that money, who has that career. Because the version of yourself who's in that happy, loving relationship is not saying, I'm not worthy of this or, you know, whatever the story is, you know, they're enjoying their life, they're feeling good, they know they're worthy of that beautiful love. So you need to become that energetic match, that vibrational match to the version of yourself who has that desire and that is why the inner work is arguably in that belief step one of the most important steps because you've got to clear the way you've got to clear the resistance to be able to authentic move into the step of trust where you're taking inspired action you're putting yourself out there you're co-creating with the universe you're in the field of opportunity and possibility to then authentically move into step four letting go which is as easy as breathing and I think people then force the letting go of like I will let go but you will not let go until you have gone through step two and step three properly trust me I have tried to fake it the universe knows the universe knows so you hate got knows. It knows it's like, come on, up. come on, just, just wow. Wow. I was literally, I was literally just going to ask you,
1: okay, so I can hear that, you know, the inner work is super important. Another step that I know, you know, myself, i am going to say this, myself, is struggling with that idea of letting go. In my head, I use the word surrender, and it's a word that I have such a love-hate relationship with, you know, and I think there's, there is almost, for me, it feels like that final waiting period, it's that final test to to fully let go and surrender to the magic of the universe. And um something so funny happened literally yesterday. I was in a, a bit of an emotional state and I was having my daily chats to the universe as I always do. And you know, I I said like, you know, hey, I'm I'm ready for this. Here's what I'm letting you know. Here's what I'm feeling. Um and it, literally it was the the quickest like I'm not even like kidding you like Two minutes passes and I see this notification come up on my phone about exactly the challenge that I was talking to the universe about. And I was like, hold the damn phone. Okay, universe, you just moved quick. All right, you know. And now I'm at this beautiful stage of surrendering and letting go. And it is hard, Emma. It is really hard to not go back to step one and keep asking. It's hard not to be that person tell us about that step what do, what do i need to be doing differently
0: letting go should be as easy as breathing and that's why people think they're in the letting go step but they're actually not they're either in step two or they're like going back to step one and trying to like think they're in step four still but they're just keeping themselves stuck in step one or maybe they're in step three of trust and they haven't gone 50 percent of the way or maybe they're even going 90 percent of the way yes that was me a few years ago um so we have co-create 50-50 so if you're someone who's going 90 and you're like I'm gonna do everything I'm gonna make it happen there's a block if you're someone who's doing 10% and you're like I'm gonna win the lottery but I'm not even playing the lottery you're also not meeting the universe halfway. So there could definitely be different points in which yourself or anybody listening could be at, but letting go is as easy as breathing. Now, people confuse this step of letting go with giving up. They're like, but I don't wanna give up Emma. I don't just wanna like be like, oh, that's it, it's not for me. But that is not what letting go and surrendering is. Letting go is becoming at peace with both outcomes or with this or something better for the highest good of all. So it's not saying that it's not gonna happen. It will happen because it always does, right? We know that. We have evidence of that in our life. But it's saying that you just need to see it differently. Sometimes, and definitely for me in the past, You get in your own way so much, right? So it's not saying that it's not going to happen. It's like open up to it happening in maybe a different way, but in a better way. Like we we know what's best for us. I definitely feel like I was this person like universe. I know what's best for me. Don't you worry. I did not know what was best for me, Kathleen. Let me confirm that with you. And I'm so glad that the universe divinely protects us. So any rejections we get, any no's, it's not that it's not going to happen it's just that's just not your door but of course there will be another door there will always be more opportunities and it's remembering that we are infinitely abundant there is an abundance of opportunities an abundance of money an abundance of people an abundance of whatever right but I feel like when we're like forcing ourselves into that step of letting go we are creating almost like separation with that attachment of I must have this but I really want this why can't I have this but how we show up to the energetic mirror of life the universe is what is reflected back to us so if we're showing up with lack desperation one need guess what's being reflected straight back to you one lack need right so I always say your manifestation will happen when you need it the least and it's having that mindset of If this happened, that'd be really cool and I'd be so grateful and that would be amazing. But if it didn't, I'd be totally okay too. Life would still be just as good. And I think that can be quite hard for us as humans, especially with very complex minds and subconsciouses who are like, And you don't want to let go of that. But what if it doesn't happen? But it always does happen. And I always say, even if you haven't been spiritual or awakened to manifestation for long, there were probably examples in your life where you were like, "I want to achieve that goal or I want to do this." And it always happened because it always does. But we get in our own ways and we overcomplicate things. We stay in that ask step. We stay in that belief step. Um we try to control things. So I think it's identifying where you are really on the five step process. But then with letting go, it is finding that peace. And when you've moved through the step of trust as well, trust is a really big step where yes, it's trusting in the process and trusting in divine timing, but it's also trusting in yourself. Because if you can't trust yourself, how can you trust the universe? And it's looking at your relationship with trust, do you trust the universe will bring this to you? Do you trust that it's possible for you? And I think there's a great conversation, um An internal dialogue you can have with yourself over your relationship with trust and your relationship with yourself, because everything is that divine mirror. So letting go does get a bit of stick in the industry of like, you know, we need to do it. But I I, honestly, I found it one of the hardest lessons in my manifesting journey, because I don't think I'd ever let go a day in my life before (laughs) that I was definitely a Manifester. I controlled my manifestations, I went 90% of the way Um, and that's just not how it works, we need to allow ourselves to receive, Um, you know, we need to meet the universe halfway and then relax into receiving in that fourth step of letting go and the fifth step of receive because receiving is still a step, it's still an energy, it's not just woohoo, your desire is here, no, how much do you allow yourself to receive in life right here, right now? I was someone who really struggled to ask for help who just did everything for herself very independent but then that really hindered my manifestations because I was never allowing myself to fully receive from the universe a little bit yeah but not fully so when I looked at my relationship with receiving gifts receiving love receiving support receiving money whatever it was I was unable to find some really interesting dialogue and blocks that helped me to be able to really receive from the universe. Mm, oh my God, you are incredible. I feel like motivated to go, you know,
1: manifest a castle or something right now. Um, You've really laid this out really clearly about where the challenges are at each step. And I really appreciate you putting it into such tangible words you know about and being honest about where we get stuck because it is really hard and what I love that you said there was that you've got to meet yourself meet the universe 50% of the way and I use that word manic manifesto, which I can absolutely resonate with um and you know pushing 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 tell tell me just briefly like as we kind of close this space getting 50% of the way What does that actually look like in an? Maybe you have an example of. I would. I know that you you've manifested a relationship and things like that. Um, I wonder what that looked like.
0: Yeah. So if we use relationships for that example, first of all, I set the intention. So I wrote a dream list of what I wanted in that partner. So characteristics, traits. You know the things that I really wanted to experience in that relationship. And then in that second belief step, I became that list. So I looked at the blocks, the limiting beliefs and fears around past relationships, around what I believed about love, what I believed about myself. I became that list. So I became the energetic match for that desire to come into my life. Life, then, you know, obviously there was probably more so in that step for me at that time with theatre work and things. But then, you know, eventually I moved into the third step of trust where I put myself on dating apps, I put myself in the field of opportunity and possibility for the universe to bring those opportunities to me. Um, So I was taking inspired and aligned action when it felt good. So when I wanted to come off the dating apps, I came off them when it felt good and I wanted to meet up with someone I would, but I wouldn't put pressure on it. And um, my good friend Trish always said to me, Emma, just have fun with it. It's meant to be fun, remember? It's not meant to feel like sure it's not meant to feel like hard work dating people have fun enjoy being wined and dined enjoy it all because one day the person will be there and i feel like that's one thing that's really stuck with me throughout my life is that we're always so busy trying to manifest that thing that i'm like enjoy here and now because one day that partner will be here And then you may not be able to see your friends as much or go on the trips you wanna go on to or whatever. It may not be as easy. So do all the things now, like embrace the now and be so grateful for all the free time or whatever it is, the opportunities you have now, because this too shall pass and you'll be in a new season of your life with new challenges, new lessons, new blessings. So there is always magic to find now. There is always beauty in the now moment to enjoy the present moment fully. And of course, there were frustrations along that journey for me when I wasn't meeting the people that I wanted to be with, or I was let down, or I thought, you know, I've met a really good person, but then they weren't into me. So of course, there was that moment of like, universe, what the hell is happening? Where is but then I let go, right? Because I gave up. Well, not I didn't give up, but I, I call it my version of giving up, which is, I'm just going to surrender to this. I can't control this, Emma. It's not in my power. So just give up. Now, that's not me giving up on being in a relationship. That is me giving up my control. That is me giving up on my expectations of the universe and this person and myself, right? So when I give up, it's not like, don't ever want your desire. It's actually me giving up my own BS a lot of the time. (laughs) Yeah. And like, Like, giving up that idea of this is what
1: it must look like. Like, you, I remember you said recently it's about almost opening up your perception to, you know, it's going to happen, but get freaking open to it happening in a very different way than you might ever have dreamed possible.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, in this example as well, like, I'd met someone and I was like, I really think, like, this could be someone I could be in a relationship with. I felt, like, pretty attached to that person in terms of the desire, and it was like, no, no romantic connection. <laughs> I don't want to date you. And I was like, what? Like, how did O'Rosky so use me? Yeah. Do you know who I am? I'm a spiritual queen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not only the spiritual queen, I'm the coupon queen, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew my worth at that point was good. So I could have just bowed and been like... I'm not worthy. No one wants me. You know, like I could have spiraled. But because I'd done that in a work, I was like, "You're loss, like not mine. But I'm grateful for the time we did have. And it got me feeling confident with dating again. I didn't feel confident. So to have that experience, like a positive experience, even though it didn't result in a relationship, taught me so much, which I am endlessly grateful for. Because then I was able to move forwards with that non-attachment where there wasn't desperation, where I wasn't like, is this my husband or is this my person? Like I wasn't thinking like that at all after that relate, like that dating experience. So for me, like that taught me how to let go in that dating process magically because I don't think I would have done it so then moving forwards you know although I was like well I feel confused because I thought I wanted to be in a relationship with that person and I kind of like was like well what are the other possibilities so I had to open up to plan a plan b plan c and any other plan d e f g the universe had for me and that was hard because I was like gosh like I don't want to open up to all these possibilities but when I authentically did he came in straight away as if by magic and it was just so effortless and unexpected because again I wasn't trying to force it in actual fact I was actually considering coming off the dating app at that point because I just like do you know what I think I need a break it's a bit too much like I'll have a couple months off and then you know see what happens and right before I did that I met him so I think it just proves that you know in that letting go phase I needed that almost like test of that person to be able to truly let go and surrender to actually receive the desire oh my god and what a classic
1: story right it's like the universe gets you with a zinger just to make sure that you're still on your toes you know it's like are you sure are you you're still definitely positive you want this let me just check you know which we, we love the stories hey Emma, you're absolutely amazing. You have reinvigorated my belief in manifesting, and I know I need to go back and visit my manifestations list. You have laid out everything so clearly, and I would love for you to share with people if they are like, damn, okay, I need to learn from you. I need to start manifesting more. Where can they find you? And more specifically, where can they start their journey with you?
0: Yeah, so um, my YouTube and my podcast are probably the best places to start because obviously I've got like years of free resources on there now. So if you prefer audio, then obviously Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. I've got like nearly 300 episodes now of solo car and obviously incredible guest interviews as well so if you're more audio you can listen to that but i have got a basic start here law of attraction playlist on my youtube channel so if you really want to like go into the five steps more deeply and almost like have that refresher of manifestation you can dive into that um but if you want something fun maybe you've listened to these five steps and you're like yeah i get it you could start off with Positively Wealthy, which is my first book. And that is a fun 33-day manifesting challenge to manifest sustainable wealth and abundance in all areas of your life. So if you wanna like put it into action and you're like, no, I wanna get going, I wanna manifest some cool things and have a practical book full of tools, then yeah, I would definitely recommend starting with that one. But if you're someone who's like, um, maybe you've read Positively Wealthy or you're feeling like you're manifesting things, but maybe the blocks is the problem, the limiting beliefs and fears, then hurt healing healed. My second book is great for that, and that will help you to identify the blocks and release them. And it's still a manifestation book, so I think both books can coexist together. But I would do one after the other. I wouldn't do them at the same time, so otherwise that would be way too much work for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's
1: supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be easy. Yeah, that's what we got to keep in mind amazing thank you so much emma i will link everything to do with you obviously in the show notes and everything like that thank you for your time your honesty and your knowledge you're freaking incredible and i'm so yeah so happy that we get to share this episode soon Oh, thank you so much, Kathleen. i am Wow, it. what an incredible episode. Emma is such a wealth of knowledge and I cannot wait to hear what everyone is going to be manifesting in the future. I know that you can now on some podcast channels, you can ask questions and comment and things like that. So give it a go. Let me know what you're currently reinvigorate, reinvigorated to manifest or what you're continuing to work on manifesting, or send me a DM on my socials. I'm at kathleen.mindsetcoach. I would love, love, love to hear from you um, and interact with you. Thank you so much for listening. My biggest favor that I ask from you is to, one, hit the bell icon and subscribe to the Boundless Self podcast, and to share it, to share the Boundless Self podcast to your social stories, um, or to even, like, in person, old school, to your friends, to your family, to your colleagues. Share this episode with anyone who you know wants to learn more about manifesting, but maybe is confused, maybe has been feeling stuck, or maybe they're brand new to manifesting altogether. Maybe they're on a healing journey and they want to understand how they can pull these two parts together. This will be a great episode for them to explore as well. It means the world to me when you share and when you just talk about the Balanced Self podcast. It's been so incredibly exciting to hear one of my friends actually said um she sent me a screenshot of a a random group chat that she's in with a bunch of her friends who I don't know and they were talking about this podcast saying hey have you guys listened to this podcast have you checked it out and my friend was like oh my god that's my friend's podcast um so that was super exciting so I love that you guys are enjoying the new season and that you're really really excited by some of the guests that we have on always look forward to hearing from you and hearing your feedback and you want honest guests I have a couple more incredible guests lined up this season that I can't wait to interview the interview is happening next week so get excited Um, but again just thank you for listening thank you for being here and thank you for supporting me in this journey because without you it would not be possible I know that this part is challenging that this part of the year can be really challenging coming towards the end of it and I just want to remind you that You don't need to rush the end of this year. You don't need to feel like you have to give up on all your goals and start resetting new ones or you don't have to give up, you know. Um, I think it can be so tempting to say, Wait till next year or I'll start it next year or, you know, I'll just pretend that I'm not, you know, disappointed in myself or I'm feeling, you know, really down on myself because I didn't do as good as I wanted to. I think it's really important for you to slow down at this time. We're coming to almost mid-November and to actually recap yourself and to reflect what this year has brought on for you. I'm going to keep giving you this message of how important it is to reflect and to be kind and compassionate and to think about what you've actually learnt this year. Um, I was doing a, a beautiful yoga class and they we were doing this movement where we were leaning back and leaning forward. And it was saying, lean back to grab the lessons from the past and then lean forward to pull them into the future. And I think that's really what we can use the last kind of six weeks of the year for is to lean back and look at the lessons that we've learned this year. Look at what you've done. Celebrate every single little step that you've taken because you're doing it. You're here doing the work. It's not easy. You've committed to a life of learning, of growth, of desire, of creativity, of healing. And you're doing it you're doing so well please remind yourself of that every time your inner critic comes to play a game with you especially as we year up towards the end of the year and sometimes it feels like you have to measure yourself up against where you started and i'm here to tell you that that's not the truth that you do not have to measure your current self to a past version of you you are never in competition with yourself i know that's a really you know kind of a thing that i want to say nike i don't know but often more sporty-esque brands can say you know the only person you're in competition with is yourself and I really don't think that's true stop trying to win this game and start trying to live and enjoy this life the ups the downs all of it together you're amazing you're wonderful have the best day and feel some feelings feel some feelings today and don't forget if you're looking for some support to start doing some of this inner work to start working through some of the blocks There's the free five-day inner child healing challenge that I'm putting in the link in the show notes for you to start this challenge. It'll be a beautiful way for you to recap the year. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. Have the most boundless day. (laughs)